0: Okay, great. Welcome, everybody. I'm Tammy Zilski. I'm a long-term care planner at Steinbacher. Good on your check. My background is in social work. Um, I have a bachelor's of social work from Eastern University. Um, And prior to my employment here at the law firm, I worked as a case manager at an area agency on aging, which was really a great opportunity for me to learn about community resources um, and and work with the, the state programs. And then I'm also, um, I have a background in hospice social social work. So I've worked with people, you know, at the end stages of their life. But I've been with the law firm for a little over 13 years now. We work together to help people develop estate planning and long-term care planning in advance of a crisis But then we also are able to step in if somebody finds themselves in a long-term care crisis where they need help now. We can help them with uh, benefits planning, community resource um, education. Um, And the other thing that uh, we have recently um, gotten our staff certified in as a dementia practitioner, and that really just allows us to help our clients make sure that they are getting all the services they need if they do have a diagnosis of dementia, um, from the legal planning all the way through the benefits planning. Okay. So the first thing that we talk about when we meet with clients is, why are you here? So it's important for us to be able to understand what your goals are so that we can help you develop a plan that meets those goals. So some of the reasons that people come to the law firm is, They want to plan for themselves or they want to plan for their spouse, their children or disabled children, grandchildren, make sure that education trusts are set up, Um, sometimes brothers or sisters or other uh, individuals they know, and, and sometimes for parents. So um, when we're looking at why somebody is coming to the law firm, we also will talk with them about their desire to protect assets. So, you know, as as we all know, long-term care services are very expensive, a little over $10,700 per month. And so... It can uh, quickly deplete your estate if you find yourself in a situation where you need care. So the legal planning that we're gonna talk about today can really make sure that your hard-earned assets are protected. If you have a family business, we can make sure that that business follows the succession planning that you would like. If you have gas lease royalties, we can make sure that those royalties go to individuals that you want them to go to after you've passed away. And the planning that we do really focuses on during your life as well as after you pass away. So some of the things that the planning will also do is just make sure that you retain control, again, during your lifetime and after you pass away, that the beneficiaries that you intend to receive things, do receive them in a timely manner, um, and for the purposes that you've intended. Uh, so, you know, I recently had a, a family member who wanted to leave something to his daughter who has special needs, and he had all sorts of ideas about how he could do that other than a trust. And so it was, it was a really um, eye-opener, eye-opener for him to see that, you know, really a trust would be a way for him to control his estate beyond the grave. Um, And also, the the work that we do is going to give you clarity and peace of mind so that you know that your plans will be followed. So in today's presentation, we're going to talk about powers of attorneys and wills and trusts. I'm going to go through each of the powers of attorneys in full here. So the first power of attorney that we take a look at um, would be a financial power of attorney. Um, A power of attorney is really a written document that um, that outlines what you would want uh, if you were unable to communicate for yourself. So there are different types of powers of attorneys. There's a financial, health care, mental health, and living will. And when we talk with our clients, we talk about the purpose of a power of attorney and um, meeting with, with our offices. We want to make sure that you have good legal documents. And what a good legal document is, is one that outlines exactly what you want in all situations. And so when we take a look at the power of attorney, Um, The reason that you would want to have that in advance of a crisis is if you got in a situation and you could not execute a power of attorney, your your family may have to go to court for a guardianship. And so what a guardianship is, is it's a situation where you don't have the ability to sign a legal document to appoint a power of attorney, and so the courts would decide who would make those decisions for you financially and with your health care. And where that becomes problematic is a power of a, or a guardianship can cost um, thousands of dollars um, because you're dealing with the court system. And um, if you were in a situation where you were in a nursing home and you couldn't pay your bills, you likely could incur you know, several thousands of dollars of nursing home costs while that process is being taken care of. So the simplest way is to really, you know, anytime anybody's over the age of 18, they need a power of attorney. So if you're over 18 and you don't have a power of attorney, you really should get one so that you can outline who can make decisions for you and what they can do. So with a financial power of attorney, what uh, the document is going to do is it's going to outline specifically what your agent has the power to do. So you're gonna see in powers of attorneys that you're going to, the agent's gonna have the ability to open and close bank accounts, sell real estate, defend you in litigation, um, make limited gifts, create a revocable trust for the benefit of the principal, which would be you. And most financial powers of attorneys do not allow your agent these powers, to make unlimited gifts, create an irrevocable trust, create special needs trust, or deal with digital assets. So at our office when we're preparing a power of attorney and we're looking at your goals and if you had a goal to protect assets down the road if you should need care, we always make sure that these specific powers are listed within your financial power of attorney. So that your agent would be able to work with our office to follow the rules that would be in place at that time to make sure that assets are protected, they can set up trusts and deal with any digital assets that you might have. All right. And another thing to keep in mind is that there was a significant power of attorney law change in Pennsylvania that went into full effect January 1st of 2015. And so what that did was really make powers of attorneys more uniform so that um, they all really kind of look the same. They might not have the same powers, but they all have the same execution requirements that they were signed in front of a notary two witnesses um, and that there's a notice page on the front of the power of attorney. So if you do have a financial power of attorney and it was done prior to January 1st, 2015, It's a good idea to get that updated so that it is up to date with the law. All right, the next power of attorney we're gonna talk about is a healthcare power of attorney. The healthcare power of attorney works a little bit different than the financial power of attorney in that your agent that you appoint does not have the power to make medical decisions for you until you can no longer communicate your medical treatment decisions. Um. So once the agent does have the power to make decisions, the document's going to allow them to consent to surgery, um, consent to admission or discharge from hospital or nursing homes, and it's um, the most important thing in a healthcare power of attorney is that it does have the HIPAA waiver in it, and that basically means that um, you're allowing your your agent to get any and all medical information um, that they might need so that they can make informed decisions about your medical treatment decisions. Um, So that would um, be within your healthcare document. So again, if you do have a healthcare power of attorney, make sure that it does have a HIPAA release in it. If it doesn't, then you're gonna wanna get that updated. All right, the third power of attorney is fairly new in Pennsylvania. It's a little over five years old. And it's uh, called a mental health power of attorney. And that's a document that actually is not effective until two doctors have certified that you are incapacitated and can't make your own decisions. And so that's, uh, you'll see uh, in the slide there, it's called a springing power of attorney. It doesn't spring into effect until those two doctors have um, in writing said that you're unable to make decisions. And then what you would do is you appoint an agent to make mental health care decisions for you if you had Alzheimer's or dementia or any sort of um, mental health disorder and you needed uh, admission to a psychiatric facility or you needed to enter into trial drug therapies, anything like that. And with this document, unlike the other two documents I talked about, there is an expiration date. So they do expire two years after you've signed them, unless you um, are incapacitated, and then they will continue with a doctor's letter. All right, and moving along to the final power of attorney, it's known as a living will. And at our office, we actually prepare a living will as a power of attorney first, living will instruction second. And the purpose for that is sometimes, You know, it's a gray situation where there might be disagreements between doctors on whether or not the living will should be implemented. We really want to put the power in the hands of your agent, the person who knows you best, so that they can decide when it should be implemented and get all the medical opinions before the document actually takes over. But what a living will is, is a written set of instructions on what you would want if you were in a terminal situation, uh, no hope of recovery, and you can't communicate. And in that document, you would outline what you would want. Would you want pain relieving drugs? Would you want artificial hydration, ease of administering pain relieving drugs? Would you want life prolonging procedures? So this is a very individualized document that we would go over with you, make sure you understood And then you can uh, get that implemented uh, into your agents so that they would know what you would want if that situation should arise. All right, and then the next part about uh, putting together a power of attorney is uh, choosing who your agent will be. And so oftentimes people say to us, well, I don't want to offend any of my children. I should put my oldest child down. Um, really, what you want to do is put the most skilled person for the job. And so that might not be your oldest child, that might be your youngest child, may not be your child at all, might be a neighbor or a friend or a sibling. So, really, um, when you're thinking about who you would list as your agent, you're going to think about who's good with dealing with health care or financial decisions. And the nice thing about separating those documents into financial, healthcare, mental health, and living will is that you can name different agents for all of those documents. You can have the same person or you can have different people, depending on what their abilities are. And when you uh, name an agent, you can actually do it in a variety of ways. You can name somebody individually, you can name people jointly, Um, Or you can uh, name as an or. So you might have three children and you want all three of them to act, but you don't wanna burden them with having to be at the bank at the same time. So you could say any of them can serve individually or jointly. All right, so the most important thing to do about your powers of attorneys is one is if you don't have them, you should get those because again, anybody over the age of 18 needs powers of attorneys. If they should become incapacitated, legally, um, a spouse, a parent, uh, a friend, nobody can make a decision for them without a written legal document. Uh, If you do have powers of attorneys, again, make sure that they have the, the language that we talked about for the healthcare, the HIPAA release, for the financial that it was signed after January of 2015. Um, and then uh, make sure that your agents are still uh, the people that you would want to to make decisions for you. So over time, things change. Somebody might not uh, Be able to do that anymore. So you would want to review these often to still make sure that they're up to date and they they name the people that you would want named.